Hello, 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 and welcome to the very first episode of my brand new podcast, Back to Scratch. For those of you that don't know me, I'm Taylor Buds, and I've been presenting for radio and television for about four years now, working with lots of different brands around the world. But now I've teamed up with the guys at Ibiza Bible, where they came up with the concept, and also Decadence Radio, where we're actually hosting this podcast. Very excited to kick this off because here on BTS, we're inviting world-class DJs onto the show so we can get a bit closer to the action, learn a thing or two about what's going on in their careers and how they got to this point. On this week's edition, we have someone that I have followed for many years now. So it is an absolute pleasure to have him break my podcast in Cherry. And that's the kid from around the block, Adam Gorski, aka Got Some. How has COVID affected you as a person, not really so much your career, just you as a person? Um, fundamentally, for me, I'm quite a sociable person. So um, me not being able to hang with my friends, not being able to have an open, like totally open relationship with all my family and stuff like that, that's been tricky. And it's been tricky for everyone. Everyone's hard right now, even if you're like, the richest, comfortablest person in the world, you're still going to struggle, you know? Yeah, completely agree. What do, you, what do you miss about normality the most? Obviously, mine's it's just a rave. I need a rave. Yeah. Um, I've, I, I, I've kind of got two options, really, two opens, in that the fact that I spent a lot of my life raving. So, like, I do miss raving. I miss DJing. I, I miss hanging out with my friends and listening music with my friends. But... It's been a little bit of a welcome break to have a year of just being like no race. I've been in a studio the whole time, making music, having a clean mind. And that's been, I've just been trying to find positives from it. It's just like the ultimate detox really, isn't it? Yeah. And you know, you don't have a choice so you just got to roll with it. You know what I mean? And, and also like try and not be negative about it because for me, I'm going to use this for, to better myself. Sure. So what have you been doing in this whole time? I see on your Instagram, you have been in the kitchen a lot and I'm, I'm so jealous. Your food is unreal. <laughs> yeah, just been, um, ah, yeah, just trying to like write beats. Um, the first lockdown, I set my laptop up on my um, kitchen table and a little MPC and I just wrote loads of ideas Um and just sort of chilled in the house and the sun was coming down, um, drunk lots of rosé. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't that bad. Um, but And then, you know, the longer and longer it went on, the longer the realisation that we weren't going to Ibiza and, you know, um, we weren't going to be going to Glastonbury Festival and all these highlights that we had planned. It's just the most devastating thing. Like, yeah. no one could have predicted this. We, don't, we still don't know when we're going to be out of it. But anyway, let's get on to the fun bit, because I did ask you to bring along one of your go-to drinks for a rave. So I just wondered, what have you got? Oh, it's funny, because I kind of wanted to sort of tell you my... When I first started um, DJing, you know, when you're a DJ, you start having a DJ rider and stuff like that. And, um, and at the start, you sort of like... Sometimes you sort of try and blag it and you put you know, like your biggest concept of what you want to drink and some promoters they get it sometimes they don't um a bottle of belvedere please i love that <laughs> basically yeah the first the first thing i did was i realized after touring for a while that belvedere vodka was the only vodka that i can consistently drink every night and not get an absolute killer hangover from well apparently if you put normal standard vodka through one of those water filters it tastes just like there you go i never knew that that's a good that's a good trick haven't tried it Um, but yeah so what is the drink that you brought along i brought along um i brought along patron tequila oh oh um strong choice yeah and it's and it's funny because i kept going through and the the only consistent drink was tequila and the reason for it is because it's agave and agave is upper oh you can drink at any point and it makes you awake so you're a bit of a connoisseur when it comes to tequila (laughs) um but tequila on a whole is an upper most other alcohols are um are downers right so you drink 
And the more and more you drink it, the more and more sleepy you get. The more and more tequila you drink, the more and more awake you get. Well, that's the idea. Well, this, this, this is go-to now. I know what I'm going to be drinking at the next pre-drinks. There you go. My one's a little bit more embarrassing, to be honest. And I don't really want to pull it out anymore. Now I'm just... Come on, pull it out. Come on, come on. Uh, Echo Falls Summer Berries. <laughs> it's really tricky because um, my girlfriend uh, is from the south of France. Right. And she, her dad is in wine. So there was no way that I could bring that to the dinner table. <laughs> they would slap around the face. After me right there. <laughs> and I'll be on the Eurostar straight away home. So there you go. Brilliant. So I've obviously asked for these drinks to come along because we're going to do a little icebreaker just to start off the show. Yeah. And that's a bit of never have I ever. Obviously, we're going to keep it music related. Yeah. Uh, the first one I wanted to start off with was never have I ever collabed with someone that you think is an absolute tosser you don't have to name them don't worry <laughs> uh, no 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 I've, I've been all of the collabs I've done I've been really really lucky and it's been really good um to just get in a studio and get on the phone and I've actually found this um lockdown and this time and I've reached out to people even today um I've reached out to a singer who I've always dreamed about working with never know if she's gonna like come up with anything but the point is is just Putting you know out network out there and giving it a go you know what i mean like, everyone needs to do it right never have i ever right you can take this as you will be yeah. in a hole in what time? Exactly. Exactly. I've been in many holes, mate. <laughs> That's why I won't leave that one open to your interpretation. <laughs> uh, never have I ever put something in a group chat that I really didn't want to. Yeah, definitely have. Done it a few times. Or done the wrong chat thinking that you're chatting to someone else and you put like, a near porno picture or something like that. And you're like, oh, right. Never have I ever emptied yeah. a room in a set. Yeah, I've emptied the room in several. I remember actually playing um, in Belgium with Alan Fitzpatrick. Um, and what happened is I, I was supposed to play before him and um, I was coming from New York or something like that. And my flight got delayed. And obviously, um, Alan plays a lot harder than I play. <laughs> and um, everyone just left. It was in Belgium. It's like, he plays techno in Belgium. Like, how's that going to go wrong? It's going to go wrong. Yeah. But the still is, as a DJ, is to clear the dance floor and build it up again. And that's kind of what happened. So. That's true. Yeah. I feel a little bit loosened up now. So um, I think we'll go into the real stuff. And it's probably okay. a question that you've been asked a million times. But for our listeners that haven't, how did musical start for you where did it all come from where were your roots based um my roots are based in bristol obviously that's where i'm from um from a young age my mum and dad brought me up listening to music um whether it be rock and soul or roots and reggae and early hip-hop you know that that was what i was brought up when i was a kid like I didn't even know it. You know what I mean, and my mum was a part of the Bristol music scene when I was a kid, so I was lucky enough to be around it and not know it. Um, and also, uh, my mum used to have loads of afters at my house, and obviously, um, I used to wake up. Well, the babysitter used to leave, and my and I used to wake up, and, and my mum used to have her pals around, and they were listening to like early house music or reggae and dance and that was like. So for me, I remember like listening to tunes, like being woken up and being like, oh, wow, what's this? What's this amazing house? I didn't know it was house music, obviously, but, you know, it was amazing music and it was in the background, you know. So it all started with your parents. That's that's crazy. You don't really get that a lot anymore. Yeah, my mum my mom and her after parties. Very <laughs> good so how did the name Got Some come around? The name Got Some came about... Um, we it was I was working with Alex then there was two of us at the start and we were writing a tune with uh, an old funk break in it it's kind of like a slow breakbeat tune kind of like a bicep tune but obviously we wrote it years ago um, and the funk beat was have you got some 
that was it was called have you got some and we were like oh that's cool and then it was important that we flipped it and we put a capital g and a capital s but as one word you know yeah um still arguing with promoters that always forget the capital s so <laughs> Remember, if you're promoting, you've got to book me. Remember to put the capital S in there. <laughs> I had it in my contract. For it's in the terms and conditions. Yeah, it's like, remember that S, all right? <laughs> so what happened? It was Alex Holmes, wasn't it, that you used to DJ with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened with that whole collab? Uh, it's crazy. I still share a studio with him. He's actually moving out because he's just had a kid um, with his wife. Oh, wow. And he's, he's moving outside Bristol. So... Um, we're actually dispersing our studio. I mean, we've known each other for years and years and years, and we've been writing music for years and years and years. And Alex is still in my life a lot, you know. So, oh wow, it was good that you've kept that connection then. Yeah, it was tricky because um, Alex was never a DJ, and I was a DJ, and then we obviously worked together in the studio. And then um, when I started touring, um, Alex was in the studio on his own, and a lot of the vibes that got some came together was when we were both in the studio together and um that was it you know it just it just strained because um you know obviously we weren't together so yeah um throughout you know throughout the years we just slowly slowly did things the thing with Alex he's, he's an amazing engineer amazing mix engineer so um I still give Alex's all my mixes and stuff like that he's a massive part of my you know my music That's and my mix so you came onto the scene mainly in everyone's conscious about 2013 on Defected, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. What was kind of, in your opinion, your biggest win, like your first big win? Um, obviously, Baseline. Um, we did a tune with um, these guys from Manchester called the Get Along Gang. And there's basically there's three people in the Get Along Gang. There's uh, Laura, Joe. Um, and Laura's best mate and uh, they had a tune that they were working on called um, Baseline but um, and Joe asked me to do a remix of it and uh, and uh, he sent uh, I was waiting for the parts from the studio and he only ended, ended up giving me the acapella and I was waiting all day for the parts and I was like come on man send me the parts so I could do the remix um, and the acapella was the only part that came and I ended up just writing this beat to it um and uh the acapella just slid onto it and uh and then it just is it's funny because it hung around um everyone for about 60 months or something it was funny um randomly b traits picked it up and that was when b traits was on sunday nights or monday nights i can't remember kind of like what jaguar's doing right now at, at radio one she had that slot slot so um i gave it to her and um she was playing it for a bit and then and then she filled in for pete tong i believe uh, right cool um and she played it on a friday night at like peak time and then yeah there you go there you go <laughs> um and she fit yeah she filled in for pete tong and um and the next morning we got like low I got loads of emails from defected going, What's this tune? Is it signed? Da, da, da. And I was like, no. And it was funny because it was had been hanging around for ages and I'd given it, I sent it to Annie Mac and to to Pete and to everyone and their dog, and no one was interested. So I guess moral of the story is don't give up on a tune. If you're a um you know, a new artist, a new producer, carry on going because I've had tunes that had been like on my hard drive or that DJs have had for like year and two years and then they'll get picked up. And by that point, I'd like totally given up, stopped playing and whatever. And then all of a sudden, just one person will hear them and they'll be like, bang. And then everyone and their dog wants it. Going back to what you're saying, I, I would definitely say um, that night that B-Traits played baseline was the change of it and that's when defected picked up and then got some you know it popped so, off yeah because it was about yeah. 2014 that you really hit the yeah. international circuit wasn't it yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah so what would be your kind of best moments performing like your best gigs your best venue 
Yeah, I mean, there's been so many. I was trying to think about this, like, multiple times, because so many people ask me. For me, coming from Bristol, my ultimate gig is playing at Glastonbury Festival. I've been lucky enough to play at Glastonbury Festival for many years now. Well, a good 10 years or so. Um, and through the last few years, I've been running a party there at Shangri-La. Um, I've been lucky enough to be able to have a stage where I've invited all my friends to come and play. Mm. I've done collab parties with um, loads of my friends from Bristol. Um, so that, to me, is the ultimate thing, to be playing at Shangri-La at like four or five in the morning when the sun comes up. I mean, it's special. Of course, Ibiza is the one, but being from Bristol, being English, Glastonbury Sunrise is amazing. You do a lot for the Bristol music community as well, didn't you? You do. You was doing SOS the other day. I, I think I saw. Yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. That was a big turnaround for the uh, yeah. Music yeah. Community. Tell us about that a bit. Um, it's crazy, really, because for me, um, I just really felt that the government was looking at our sector really badly, and the fact that because of who they are in their generation, they just got no. They haven't got a foot in the door in what people in our age are interested in. Yeah, so for them, yeah. for them being where they are in politics, their their night out is going to the pub till midnight. You know. Yeah. And then that's it. And for them, looking at us, it's like that's the last thing on their mind. And for me, it was like doing the SOS thing was just about coming together for people in Bristol and also for our government and our sector to be able to start talking, to be able to get an idea how to move forward. Also, like, just start speaking about it because the whole thing with restaurants and nightclubs um, and bars is that you can't just open a sector and be like, OK, cool, we're going to have a... 10,000 or 100,000 festival next week. Mm. Because obviously, if we're going to have Glastonbury this year, they need to start planning that a year in advance. And right now, no one knows what they're doing. So how can we plan for a festival this year? And it was like, that's what I was asking our local government, was like, if you're going to go to Parliament, please can you highlight these things? It was quite cool what you was doing because you got, what was it, a Land Rover Defender? Yeah, yeah we all did it there. And we ended up like um, in Stokes Croft, the, the like um, art district in Bristol. We just parked up in the middle of the street and everyone just like, obviously everyone had masks on and social distancing. But like for six months, a lot of them people hadn't danced. So they were like driving home from work and they pulled the car up and they were just doing shapes. And they were like, they hadn't done that for, for like months. That Bristol is just something special. It really does have that community. I'm here in Brighton and we've got a similar sort of community, but yeah, it, yeah, we, I love it. Not, it, we don't even have it to your extent because like you're saying with SOS, that is just something else. So what DJs brought around your sound from the beginning? Because you didn't always start off in music, did you? I think you was working in a supermarket at some point. First job, I worked in a supermarket, and the reason I worked in supermarkets is because I wanted to buy turntables. <laughs> I worked there. <laughs> so it, it's always been music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked there solid until I get my turntables, and then I had another job, you know. But that was my first job, and that was the reason why I did it. Next question I wanted to ask you was, has there ever been a moment in your career where you were like, whoa, let's take a step back. It's a bit overwhelming. Yeah, I guess for me, it was just like being on the road. Um, and it's funny because now you're not on the road. You have time to think about it and be like, oh, you know, that was really great. And um, there was times when um, when I'd do really, really big shows and uh, everyone around me would be like, oh, that's amazing. You did like a really good job, played an amazing set. And I would, I would always go home and be like, kind of criticise myself about it. And I'm sure loads of other DJs do this the whole time. But now, like, looking back on it, I kind of wish, you know, having that woe moment of being like, I've just played in front of 10,000 people. Yeah. And everyone was loving it. And being like, whoa. And then coming back and being like, oh, criticising myself a bit. And now, looking at it after this, taking this time out, 
going back to that, I'll be a lot more like, yeah, living in the moment and being like, this is amazing. And take that woe moment as a positive. How do you think social media has had a big impact? Because you don't really get to be in the moment. I was listening to, I think, Kid Echo the other day saying yeah. that he doesn't feel as in the moment as he used to with all social media and everything now. Yeah, I guess it's really important just to, um, yeah, social media is really, really hard at the minute because, because everyone's trying to get content. And the other thing is, is some DJs and mus musicians have really interesting lives. Anyway, so they like going to do sports or they like cooking or they like um, they like fashion or da, da 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 And there's a lot of DJs out there right now that just do music. And they're like, oh, God, what am I going to do? Like, And then they're like thinking about planning how to get all this content out. And then there's other DJs that are like, as you say, living in the moment and just being like, oh, you know, going, going, walking and, and like... Um, doing crazy sports and they're like you know I've watched a lot of DJs that have doing crazy sports now and it's like watching them like um there's a few like rappers and stuff that are like losing weight and they've lost like they've lost like Action Bronson go to Action Bronson's um uh Instagram he's just like lost pounds and it's like he's not on tour but now he's like, you know, he's missed. He's like G.I. Joe now. You see him going surfing in the in like New York in the snow. And it's like, that's what I'm talking about. That's real content, you know. So it's just about um, your interest. It's about putting your interest. Obviously, mine is cooking. So yeah. um, before my Instagram had lots of um, me, pictures of me in front of crowds. And now you've got pictures of me making French toast. I mean, that, no, that Nutella French toast was something special. Like, that it was pretty awesome. banging. It was so banging. <laughs> Your pancakes. The, rest, today. <laughs> the, recipe, the recipe's on there, mate. Oh, no, don't. I've done, I've really I've done these things now where I'm doing uh, all the highlights. So. Nice. That is the way to do it. Um, yeah. Is there any gigs that you're kind of striving towards? I don't know if that's something DJs really do. Is there any gigs that you're striving towards, any venues that you really want to play at? Um... Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch. Um, it was funny because when I started Got Some, or when I was in the role of DJing, um, I, w I started playing, like, sort of defected house music. And then, obviously, being from Bristol, I got heavily into the bass house thing mm. um, and started DJing with all my friends that were doing bass house at the time. And then within that time... Um, I played a lot of venues that I always really, really wanted to play. But and then the more and more older I got, the more and more I got into more styles of music. So like more house and more techno. And and, uh, and then and then it was hard because all of a sudden you, as a DJ, you're kind of pigeon-told to doing bass house or bass line or techno or tech house. Or, and you'd play it in these raves with these lineups. Mm. And I guess in the later years, most recently, I've wanted to play at different places. I've wanted to play um, at, at Panorama Bar, or I've wanted to play, um, you know, somewhere in Amsterdam, uh, or I wanted to play at DC 10, or, you know, all these places that I came to the realization that got some probably would never play at DC 10 at Circa Loco. Yeah. But then, but then uh, over the last few years, I've started a few aliases. Um, haven't really talked about, don't really want to talk about, I just want to just make the music. Um, and then hopefully I will one day be able to fill, fulfill my role and play at the Panorama Bar and at DC10. Um, but it was quite hard coming around to that because obviously when you start as a DJ, you're like, yeah, I want to just play at DC10. And then you realise like, yeah, I'm not going to play at DC10, you know. So, but it's like now I'm in quite a comfortable place of knowing I feel I know what got some is and the music that's coming out in the next six months is really kind of that you know that is just what i was about to get onto actually because obviously you've had you've released a few bangers in the past few months yeah. caught in the rhythm oh my god yeah Vote. yeah yeah yeah. absolute banger so yeah. have you got coming up i think you've got one coming up march 12th 
It's a big one. Got one coming up March 12th, yeah. Um, I'm doing, uh, it's crazy, I'm back with the Defected Family, um, which has been a long time coming. Um, and I've done a tune with Alex Mills. Um, and it's basically, I wrote this rave tune like last summer. Um, and I was lucky enough to play an early version. It was random. I ended up going to Ibiza for my girlfriend's birthday. And uh, a few people on social media saw that I was there and asked me to come and play a party at Ibiza Rocks. So I trundled off to Ibiza Rocks and did a sneaky little set um, with my friends Trutopia. Um, and uh, yeah, we rolled it out and I, I played this idea um, but the vo there wasn't a vocal on it at the time. So just, um, so yeah, spoke to, um, randomly hooked up with Clementine, Clementine, who's actually from Brighton, from a band called Kudu Blue. Um, you guys need to check, you need to check her out. She's absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, well. yeah I think you're going to be hearing a lot about Clementine. She's, um, she's been, over the last six months, she's been working with absolutely everyone. So you're going to definitely, definitely know about her. Big name to keep an eye um, on. So, yeah, going on to the tune. Yeah, I just, I got the tune done, played it in Ibiza, um, linked up with Alex Mills, who was obviously an uh, amazing singer, amazing writer. And, uh, yeah, she rolled it out. And um, the guys that defected uh, were into it um, straight away. And uh, it's coming out. So, yeah, just watch out. Um, it's coming out on the 14th of March. After that, just remembered, I did also from another Brighton boy. I've done a collab with George Kowali. Oh, okay. Familiar. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've done a collab with um, George Kowali. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't, he hasn't been bringing up that many things this year. So I've done a collab with him um, and it's called In the Dark. Um, and it's featuring a brand new singer called Erica. Um, and she's absolutely amazing. She kind of sounds like in between Lana Del Rey and Lord. Oh, um, right, okay, yeah, I can, I can get the yeah. Tune. And it's kind of different for me. Um, like you'll hear the tune I've done with Alex, and then the tune that I've done with Georgia and uh, Erica, and it's it's kind of different. So, and that's coming out um, on the twenty fourth of of April, I think, on tour. Oh, so you got one on the 14th of March and one on the 28th, did you say? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, and now I'm currently in the midst right now of working on um, one for June and one for August or something. So you've got a lot of stuff coming out soon. Hopefully we can yeah. hear it in some actual clubs soon enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing as well is like these tunes aren't, I mean, they slam in the club, slam in the car and that. But there, let me go. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but they will be good on the radio and they'll be good also on Spotify. That was that was the plan after doing Courtney River. I was like, I wanted to make something that could be dance floor, have a cool dance, um, have a good bass line, but also be cool like that you can listen to it on your phone or whatever, you know? Um, so... This part of the show is our partners at Ibiza Bible obviously want to know all the, all the bits and bobs about Ibiza, like your favourite memories. It's such a magnetic place, so we want to yeah. hear all the best bits, the after parties, the wildest things that's yeah. happened here, all of it. So what yeah. is your kind of best memories of Ibiza? Um, I mean, I've got so many memories of Ibiza. So it's, it's really hard to pinpoint one. I mean, for me... It all started with you out together, really, wasn't it? That was yeah, the first big thing. It, it, it was funny because I never went to Ibiza um, as a kid or anything. So for me, I, I had this thing when I was growing up. Is like I didn't want to go to Ibiza because I was a DJ. I didn't want to go to Ibiza until I got booked to go to Ibiza. So I just never went. And I stayed and I was like, no, nah, I'm not going. All my friends were like, come to Ibiza, come to Ibiza, come here, come there. I was like, no. And then eventually, um, when I obviously wrote some big tunes, then I got booked, went to Together. And the first thing my manager at the time told me to do, Together um, was Tuesday at Amnesia, right? So my manager told me to go there, 
get to Ibiza on Monday afternoon and leave on Wednesday night. Right. That was like, that was the, you know, I had to do that. So I did it. And then the first day, uh, my manager took me to, to DC 10. So I went there and I was like, didn't know anyone. Um, and obviously uh, the manager that I was with, he used to manage um, Seth Troxler and uh, Richie Ahmed and all them guys. And then, so I just started going and started hanging out with them. And it's really funny because I, I didn't really know about the whole Circa Loco thing and the whole, you know, that whole Monday night vibe, you know, it's like going to church. And I didn't know about that, you know? So I was very lucky every week I'd go to DC 10 um, end up um, hanging out with Martinez brothers and Seth Troxer a lot. And they were a massive, massive influence on me um, going there that first year. And just like, obviously I went there as a bass house DJ. And then after going there for a couple of years, I, you know, my whole vibe changed. And even looking at my releases, you could see I went from making really, really bass heavy tunes to putting house records out on Nervous. And, you know, me really, really looking at the history of house music and the history of my music, you know? Yeah, and I, I guess that, that initially was the first main, main thing of being in Ibiza, was being lucky enough to go to DC10, the church of Ibiza, and just, like, experiencing being in that booth, um, in the terrace, in that red room, and just, like, hearing the drums, like, you know, being in that right back at the back of that DJ booth. And when that kit comes in, it makes you feel sick, but in a good way, you know? So for me, like, that was, that's probably like one of my best experiences. Also, um, playing at Pikes. I've been lucky enough to play. Um, I wanted to ask you about Pikes because I've done a season in IB for, I've done many holidays yeah. out there. So I know what's what, but Pikes is just something I never got to experience. Yeah, I mean Pikes is um is amazing. It's uh it's a place of its own. It's a special place. Um, you really need to read the autobiography of Tony Pike to really really understand it. I mean, he was an absolute nut job, and um, you can maybe say a bit of a cunt, <laughs> but you need to, you need to um you need to need to watch that. Need to listen to it. Right. Um, need to read it. That, he was an icon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, not all icons are amazingly lovely people, but he was an icon. Um, so for me, I've, I've played, uh, I've been lucky enough to play at Pikes a few times. And I guess the last time I played there, I played at like eight in the morning by the pool. It was a private party. And um, that set, I mean, I played like disco and boogie and classic hip hop and played for like three hours with all my friends there and, so for me, special. playing at Pikes by the pool at sunrise, can't beat that. How do you think Ibiza's changed over the years, both yeah, for music and tourists? Because it's it's developed a hell of a lot. The crowd that goes out there is different. I think the LGBT communities died down a lot as well over the past 10 years in Ibiza. I think when the whole thing that happened in Palaia and Bossa, I think that changed a lot from when the whole EDM thing happened there. It was quite noticeable. Um, you know, when Martin Garrix and all them guys were doing their thing. It just, within Europeans and Americans coming over, it, it was, it, it became a lot more Americanized. And uh, that was very noticeable. And the fact that it wasn't that hippie-ish as much as before. And there wasn't, um, you know, yeah, it wasn't obviously openly gay. And I think I think we missed that. And I think that's a scene that needs to be nurtured more mm. in Ibiza. And just in club culture totally. I think um, you know, if you look at back at the start of uh of of house music and disco, it was all very, very mixed. The community and the culture was was combined and it was something special. And now club culture is very um it's very, it's very rich. It's very, um, you know, it's, it's of a certain class, you know? Yeah. Even the, because I was a promoter out there, ticket selling, and yeah. 
I was doing that about three years ago. And I think that was probably one of the first years that they were all saying how much it's changed, how hard it is to ticket sell now, because everything has changed. Everything's online. Everything's done through reps. It's a completely different experience in Ibiza. Still an amazing magnetic place, but it is a very different place. Yeah, it's funny. Obviously, I went in the summer when none of the clubs were open. And for me, it's still amazing. You know, when you go to the beaches and watch the sunset, um, there's nothing else. You know, there's no no other experience. So for me, it's like, but on the other hand, it's really important to nurture the culture um, and the people that are bringing all of this big money and big clubs. They really need to look at what they're doing because you know, it's, it's killing the vibe. Just like everywhere, you know, with um, gentrification, the more money comes in, the more the more you lose the culture. And everyone fell in love with a place, a city or an island or whatever, for the culture. And if you kill the culture, what have you got? Yeah, completely right. We sent out a little message on both of our Instagrams the other day, just before you came in, just uh, do a fan mail, which I don't think you probably get a lot of chances to do. So no, it's quite weird. Usually, um, I ask people about what to watch on Netflix at the minute, and also um, about food and recipes and stuff. So it was really interested to actually ask people questions about myself. So some of the questions we got here were: What was your first release, and which label? Yeah, it's quite funny because before I did got some. I did um, multiple different aliases with different people and so forth. And my first release, this is going to be a good bit of trivia for everyone, is um, a tune that I did with um, Eli Brown, who was before Eli Brown, he was Example and was a drummer bass DJ. I don't know if anyone knew that or <laughs> knew, yeah, about that. But um, he was called Example with an X, not EX, obviously. Oh, right. um, and we did a tune. Um, on SS's label, if you know about drum and bass, you'd know about SS. Um, and his label is called Formation. So that was my first release. My second release was also a drum and bass tune. Um, and it was under a pseudonym called Adrock. Um, and I did it with Danny Bird. And that was on Hospital Records. Oh, nice. There you go. Trivia, trivia. Very nice. So they, they were my first two releases and it was under the pseudonym Adrock. They, I did, and, uh, yeah, they were. They're two big releases. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go. Yeah, it's funny with um, music producers. You don't, you don't always know. Yeah, kind of. I started with drum and bass, you know. So I was quite actually quite a late bloomer. See, so you actually yeah. started coming out about the same time that I started getting into music. I didn't really get into music till I was about seventeen, eighteen. So when you really yeah, yeah. came out with bassline, that's when I first. Started getting into it, so I've seen your whole career, which has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it, it, it was mad for me. Like, um, I kind of in Bristol, you don't really have a choice, it's everywhere, so it's like you know, within drum and bass and jungle, it was just like you'd walk down the street, you'd hear it, you'd see the big DJs on the corner of the road. It's like the whole thing was, was in your face, you know. What is your favorite DJ or producer? Who, sorry. Again, it's like a multiple question to ask that. It's like, um, I've got like faves. I mean, obviously, Mass at Work, which is like Little Lou, Vega and Kenny Dope. They've been, um, they kind of really got me into house music. Um, also, a guy called Switch, who, um, who was around in the fidget days and then got into, he actually did Major Laser with Diplo at the start. Um, a French guy called DJ Gregory, who kind of started a tribal sound, Afrobeat. Oh, okay. He's, yeah. he, he's a big influence of mine. Obviously, Todd Edwards, Todd the God. Um, and then a funny one, also American Garage guys called Mood to Swing, also big influences from me. Yeah, because you were really into your garage, fast garage back mm-hmm. then, wasn't you? Yeah. There's a name I'm surprised you didn't say then. That was a Donner. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember seeing in one of your interviews before that she inspired a lot of your sound originally. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. <laughs> you got me. You got. Me. <laughs> so, what has been your best night as a punter? That's a good question. Um, I'm annoyed I didn't have that question. 
my best night as a as a punter was um, the end of Ibiza season about four years ago, maybe three four years ago, and I've been partying for many days at this point, and I went to DC Ten. And Master at work were playing in the garden. I think it may have been Hot Creations, the one of the Hot Creations party. That was like, it was great just being in the garden, being the end of the season, being really hot, being around all your mates and all of the DJs there. Yeah. And everyone was in the crowd and everyone was in awe of seeing little Lou Vega and Kenny Day. And that's like, that's the ultimate. When you go as a DJ, to see a DJ DJ. Yeah. It's like that's that's gods there. They're goats. They're the original goats, you know. DC ten is always it, it always has that magic for me. Um I can tell is that your favorite I was gonna say, is that your favorite club in IB for Kush? I think it is my favorite club, but the thing about it is I didn't really know about it. All my friends would talk about it and they would go, Oh yeah, watch the sunrise and the planes go over, da 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 da. And I didn't really get it. And then when I got there. I really, really got it. You know, I really, uh, yeah, I got it. I understood it. So a lot of people will slate me for this. And I'm not just saying this because I've got you on, but together yeah. at Amnesia on a Tuesday, was yeah. Yeah, yeah. every single week. And it was my favorite night. It's because it's, yeah. it's the only real event that has a bit of contrast to everything else. Like the, you don't really get the little bit of the drum and bass, the commercial drum and bass out in Ibiza. So it's nice to have that out there on a Tuesday in a main club. It's crazy as well because it's um, it was funny because yeah, the first time I did it, I was doing it was uh, defected was in the other room, mm. and it was quite tricky because obviously I was on defected, but I was playing in the base house room, which is the club room, and it was quite crazy because I kind of was totally in the middle of each room, and that. I was playing too hard for the defected room, but I was playing too soft for the drum and bass room. And it was quite, I was in such, I was sort of juggling the whole time, which is, which is pretty funny. But yeah, I like the fact that they have that club and that night because there isn't another night on the island like it, mm. which is great. Yeah, a bit of contrast out there. Next one exactly. I've got for you is, do you have any advice for someone starting up and wants to be involved in the music scene? It's quite, an, guess, open, quite an open question, that one, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it's really important to, um, to fully be committed in whatever you're doing. If you really want it, because I remember when growing up, like everyone wanted to be a DJ, everyone wanted to like, make a tune and everyone wanted to do that but then and then you came up with all these people but then you look around after a few years and it's like are those people still there and you know what like the most successful people in the game go through ups and downs and it's really important that you you follow your heart and you're doing it for the right reason and you're like you go through the ups and you go through the downs mm. and you understand when you're in the down bit you're like, okay, we've been in the down bit because you know you're going to get to the up bit. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, it does, yeah. But that's, that's, um, that's really important. But also, like, um, being in a part of a scene um, doesn't mean being a bedroom DJ yeah. and it doesn't mean being um, stuck in the studio writing beats. It means you've got to be into your music and you've got to hang out with everyone that's into that music and you've got to go... To the club where they play that music yeah because you need to be around like-minded people doing exactly the same as what you're doing next question i've got for you is do you have any plans to make any music videos this year yeah yeah this was actually really interesting i think this is from a from someone in america um for me it's really hard because i'm not um a video savvy guy and I know a lot of uh, my music friends at the minute, they're all like, they'll write a tune and they'll see vocals to go, uh, vocals to go with the tune or they'll see a visual to go with the tune. I'm actually working with a guy from Manchester called Morgan at the minute. And he's straight away, he's like, dun, 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 dun. For me, it's like, I find that really hard. So um, every time I have done um, a video, the record label's done it for me. And it's been something that, they've wanted to do to help promote the single or the EP or whatever. And I, I think for me, um, 
there's something I would like to do. So to answer the question from, um, from the person that sent it me, I would love um, for one of my fans or someone that's interested in my music, I would love people to send me videos of, of my music. And if it's cool and it's good, I'll post it up on my social. Yeah. And if it's great, I'll put it up on YouTube, you know? Um, I've got no problem with that. Uh, but I, it's really funny. I would like record labels to do more video content. I believe um, seeing a tune with a video is a lot better than just hearing a tune. It's like, it's added, it's added creativity, do you know what I mean? And like, you don't see the actual DJs in the music videos, which I think would be a quite a cool concept. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you used to. Back in the day, it was, it was when you dance acts got major labels, they would be treated like pop stars. Now, because of the whole EDM and because of the whole DJ thing, it's like, you write, it's, it's, it's mechanical. You write a song, you get it signed, it goes up on Spotify. If you're lucky, you get hits. Um, and if you're really lucky, um, you'll, you'll, it'll get um, uploaded on a bigger label and then you might have some money and then you might do a three minute video, you know? But I like the way that some DJs and some producers are coming through now and they're making it themselves. They're just going and they're doing it. They'll be like, okay, cool. Uh, I've made this song and um, I've got this visual and I'm going to put it together and people are going to see it um, even before it's signed. And I find that quite hard now because obviously I'm within the mechanics yeah. and that I'm, I, I'm a, a certified artist or whatever. So when I write a tune, it usually gets signed. But a lot of um, producers now that aren't getting their music necessarily signed, they're doing this whole package. And I think that's great. You know, I've, I'm really for that. And I wish I was video savvy that I would do it myself. Yeah. Yeah, it does make it a little bit easier knowing all the tricks. Yeah. I've got a quick question away from the fan mail because I was just yeah. looking through this extensive list of people that you have worked with and it's, it's quite something. So what would yeah. who would you say has been the best person that you've worked with? Or more, more, more interesting, because obviously you've got Mr. Jam, brilliant he's a brilliant personality himself yeah, yeah. like pro probably Wiley oh. that was the, the maddest one um because he's just mad isn't he yeah and um <laughs> I guess I guess that tune that tune was pretty crazy that was kind of like the follow follow-up to base on I guess and um I never thought that he was going to do it and uh, he just sent over this acapella talking about fish and chips and stuff and I was like, that's mad, you know? <laughs> it's a bass line tune. It came out on Chasing Status label, MTA. Yeah. And um, that was pretty cool. But yeah, I'd, I've, I've been lucky enough to kind of work with loads of people. I did um, I did an acid tune that came out last year or the year before with a with a first female rapper called uh, Roxanne Shante. And she's from... Um, was she's that from Plastic on Acid, that one? Yeah, yeah. She's from New York. And uh, I've been a big fan of her because um, cause back in the day, there was two like big crews in New York. There was um, there was there was uh, the Queens guys and then there was um, the Bronx. Yeah. And and she was um, in in Queens or Queensbridge. And, uh, and she, she was the first female female rapper. And and it was mad. I, I saw um, She's done like a, a film on Netflix. And I saw it in Netflix. And I was like, and I had the tune there. And I was like, I was like, imagine if I could get Roxanne Chante on my acid tune. And then the next day she like is followed that back. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, that's crazy. Um, but you know what? I, I don't think, you know, it, that tune is very much for me. Um, I don't know if any of my fan base really kind of got down with it, but um but it was one of those things that you kind of do for yourself. You yeah, know? it was very different to your usual style, but it was another banger. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. But yeah, that, I guess that, um, for me, looking forward, it's just about collabing with new people. Um, that's that's my main thing. You know, like at the minute, I'm, I'm collab collabing with a guy called Dan Morgan um from from manchester and uh yeah we're just vibing out the minute like literally sending ideas like bam 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 and that's the great thing about instagram it's the great thing about um 
one of the positives about us all being at home at the studio, whatever, you know, it's a really positive thing. Yeah, we've all got time to brush up on projects. Have you got any future projects or gigs planned coming out of COVID that people can start to get excited for? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. Obviously, um, in COVID, I sort of started writing lots of different music, obviously focusing highly on the got some stuff, but um, I started multiple different aliases writing very underground club music um, that might never see the light of day. Um, so I guess the plan would be uh, to maybe start that up, but not, I want to do it very organically. I don't want to go, hi, this has got some new alias. Da, da, da. It's underground techno. That's not my plan. Um, so lots of new music is going to come out. Some of it's going to come out under under other names. Um, the main thing is just about doing it. Um, obviously, focusing on Got Some, but also like homing in, homing in on Got Some, and that I wanted to make music that resembled Got Some at the start. So, fat beats, fat basses with big vocals. Um, I think along the journey that I had, I've written random techno tunes, um, random bassline tunes, random garage tunes that my fans maybe not, maybe didn't see that as got some. Yeah. But as an artist, you go through these, these turns, you know. Um, but starting new aliases have allowed me to, um, to branch out a little bit. So now I can focus on got some being what I just said. And I can also write underground techno tunes and maybe even put them out on vinyl or play them at underground clubs. But people, you know, they might notice me, they might not. And I think that's that's the key for the future is just getting the music out and bringing them, bringing them to you guys. Mate, I'm so excited to see what you've got coming out in the next couple. Yeah. Of, especially, was it March 14th, the big one? March 14th. And um, with April 28th. Yeah, and then more things coming in the summer. Um, I've got a couple of good summer bubblers. So I'm just trying to find the right focus for me. Adam, thank you so much for coming on the show to talk about the music and your experiences. Absolutely buzzing to see what magic you bring out in the near future. And we will definitely be having a catch up again with you soon once COVID has disappeared. You've been listening to Taylor Bud on Back to Scratch. We are bringing you this podcast on a bi-weekly basis. So until then, take care, stay safe.